Well, first of all, I mean, people, please do an inspection on your house or have somebody that walks it that knows. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend them. I've worked with them before. I'm currently working with them right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take them up on his offer. Get a free coaching session. Coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, hi, how's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is the show where we cut out all that fluff of stuff. We get straight to the best real estate advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and many other best ever guests. And in fact, we've spoken to today's best ever guest previously in episode 475. Um, how are you doing, Nathan Brooks? I am great, Joe. How are you today, man? I am doing very well, and thanks for being back on the show. And because it's Saturday, we're doing a special segment today, Best Ever Listeners. It is, as I'm sure you're aware, as a little Best Ever Listener, Situation Saturday, where we put Nathan in a situation that is a sticky situation. And it's a situation that he's been in before, and he's going to talk about the um, how to how to solve it? How how he came out of that situation successfully? Um, so today's situation is that it's really simple. You've made a lot of mistakes on a single family purchase. Um, what do you do? And Nathan has a specific story that he's going to tell us about um, about this uh, the situation house that he bought. That was um, <laughs> there. There were many different things that he he came across. Um, before we do that, though, Nathan, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit about your background? That way, we've got some context, and then we'll get into it. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, first, thank you again for having me on, and uh, really enjoyed chatting with you. And uh, I love your show. Um, I am a real estate investor, and have been for about ten years. Um, we're actively buying and holding, flipping. We have a wholesale wing to our business. We have full property management and construction in-house. Um, we're looking to do about a hundred deals this year and, um, uh, getting into some syndication deals like what you do. And, uh, so we work with both, uh, properties of our own internally and we work with external clients from all over the country. 
All right, perfect overview, and now let's get into it. You've made a lot of mistakes on one purchase, so this is the situation. You've made a lot of mistakes on this one house. What do you do to right the ship? Now, can you tell us a story? Yeah, absolutely. So it was one of the first houses I ever purchased, and um, I I had gotten it uh, off-market deals, so I didn't have a realtor helping me. Um, not that you need to have that, but uh, you know, someone guiding me, whether it was a uh, you know, licensed realtor or otherwise. Um, so I kind of got into the deal, fell in my lap. I you know put it under contract. Um, I decided against doing an inspection because I'd walked the house and I felt comfortable with it, which I do all the time now. But uh, at the time, you know then I, I, it was just absolutely insanely bad decision. And so I show up the day uh, of closing and the tenant who's supposed to be there paying section eight is moving out, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, and then, um, so I, I go in there and that place is a wreck, uh, after they've moved out and discover, um, you know, some of the problems, there's some mold in the basement and some other issues that, uh, somehow I, I don't even know how I missed. Uh, but, uh, so get this thing, you know, made ready. I do it myself. I'm out there, you know, slinging paint and, and doing everything myself and, uh, you know, put up for the, the rent sign and, uh, get a bunch of section eight calls, which I'd never dealt with before either. So I finally get a tenant, and they're two days or three days from moving in. And uh, I show up on the property to check something. And somebody's kicked in the back door of the house. And they cut out all the copper in the basement. They cut out the A-coil. Uh, they cut out the hot water tank and had it sitting on its side. Um, they left clothes and peed in the basement to, you know, as if that wasn't bad enough. <laughs> And of course, the worst thing being they actually left the gas on in the house, so they didn't shut it off. And so when I got there, I, you know, obviously smelled this insane smell uh, and, you know, discovered downstairs that there was just just gas just rushing in the basement. So uh, which clearly, you know, is a ticking time bomb. And uh, thank goodness I wasn't a smoker or, you know, a spark from a electrical outlet. I mean, mm, yeah. it, it, it was a bad, bad deal, but, uh, called 911 and two fire trucks and a battalion chief later in four hours. And those, you know, giant fans, the size of a human being in my house. I mean, it was a mess. Wow. What's that bill look like? Uh, uh, I mean, it was thousands of dollars. So, uh, you know, and obviously, so there's a couple problems then, uh, you know, the fire department, they didn't, you know, there's no charge on that, um, uh, but obviously the, you have to then call the tenant and say, guess what? Uh, I can't move you in and it's not just anybody. It's now a section eight tenant. So then you have to go back to the caseworker and you have to set the time. Then they have to reinspect the property and, you know, not to mention then you have copper torn in and out of doorways and rooms and ceilings and, um, a furnace that, you know, or, a you know, AC that never, that doesn't have an a coil anymore. And, um, so, I mean, it was, it was a nightmare in many ways. Wow. Well, uh, and, and one thing that this one, it reminded me of, you said somebody kicked in the back door, you know, my brother has a company called door devil, uh, and it's a reinforcement that you put inside the door frame. That way people aren't able to kick down your door. That's an amazing idea. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Needless to say, there's a, there's a, a number of things that we do not and do and do do uh, these days. So yeah. So let, let's talk about what you would do differently and um, from what you did on this deal. <laughs> Everything where, just opposite. Should we just say? She just say I do the opposite. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, where do we start, Joe? Where do we start? <laughs> um, gosh. So let let, let me kind of think through this. Well, first of all, I mean, people, please do an inspection on your house or have somebody that walks it that knows. Um, you know, there was just such a a level of of non sophistication uh, in this scenario. So a lot of things could be could be fixed with just having somebody that knew what the heck they were doing. And, uh, I mean, I'm, why did, why didn't you get the inspection? Um, stupid, proud, cheap. I, I don't know. It was just a bad choice. Were you in a rush too? Probably. I, I think it was kind of with the excitement of the chase, but not really having any idea what, what you're doing on the back end of it. You know, I, I've always been a person that would jump in, but, uh, you know, I've also learned now how important that mentor relationship is in your life. And so you, you can jump in, which is awesome, but jump in with some people that actually know what they're doing. Right. Okay. So do an inspection on the house. Number one, what else would you do differently? Um, you know, and then I think just from the way we, we make ready and and rehab properties now, um, it's just a, it's just a whole different level. We make sure that everything is nice. We make sure, you know, starting from the mechanicals and the roof and foundation issues, clearly mold, any of that kind of stuff. We'll buy any house as long as the numbers work and we make we can make the deal work. But, you know, understanding all those parts and pieces of that house and then being able to say, okay, well, roof, check, you know, HVAC, check. Yeah, what What is it going to take me to finish these hardwood floors? What is it going to take me to update this kitchen? And then all the little hidden killers like, you know, old, you know, galvanized plumbing or um, sewer lines that haven't been, you know, cleaned out or, or you know, whatever that might be. When you uh, think back to numbers, can you remember what they were as far as what you purchased it for, how much money did you have to put into it, and then what happened to it afterwards if you sold it or if you still have it? You know, I'm trying to remember. I want to say that I bought it for around 50. Um, so I'm 99% sure even back in the day I, I overpaid for it. I'm sure that I probably put eight or 10 grand into it by the time I had replaced all that stuff and then the plumbing issues and then gone back and done it. And I do not own it anymore. I am, I, it was kind of one of those nice to be done with deals. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we just do them so differently. And, and frankly, I like the restart sometimes where it's, it's better to just say, um, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's do it again and do it better this time and, and, uh, cut your losses and move on. How much did you sell it for? Uh, we'll just say I did not make my money back. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't want to share how much you sold it for? I honestly for? can't remember exactly. Um, I, I'm i pretty sure I, I, I did. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, it, it was honestly in the in the uh, turn of all the other things um, and not particularly a good part of when, uh, you know, we were going through uh, trying to liquidate some properties. Uh, kind of really the first several I'd 
purchased that, that was really kind of in this same same vein. And so it just uh, I tried to get rid of them as quickly as possible and, and then redo and do better. So with the inspection, because most of this ties back to the inspection. I mean, you've got basically uh, whenever I look at this story, it's the inspection and then it's also the break in that really uh, hurts you. Um, so with the inspection, how do you how do you approach the inspection now? Do you just simply hire somebody that you've always hired and they give you a report or do you have a different system? That's, this is the perfect question. So I, I, I do a couple things. So on deals that I'm personally buying, um, we have a couple checks and balances. So um, I don't always hire an inspector anymore, but you know, for, for dozens and dozens and dozens of deals, I would go walk it with the inspector. And instead of just standing there saying, give me the report, I said, tell me what you're looking at. Uh, tell me why this crack is important. Tell me why this, you know, plumbing, you know, isn't right. And rather than just standing there, I wanted to learn and have the education. Mm, okay. And so my inspector actually, who, who's done probably, you know, hundreds at this point, uh, for us, you know, said to me, I can't remember, you know, several months back. Um, he's like, I'm not, I'm, you can, you know, I've put you out of a job basically, or put myself out of a job uh, <laughs> by teaching. Yeah. You. Um, which, which was a wonderful compliment. And, but, it, but I still call him on stuff where I don't know. So if it's the normal, you know, day to day stuff that I see every day, uh, I, I am perfectly comfortable and do, you know, often buy properties that don't have an inspection anymore. Uh, but it's because I've seen hundreds of them now. And, and if there's even just a, a, a faint gut visceral reaction that I'm not sure I'm calling my guys. So I'm calling the foundation guy. I'm calling the plumber. I'm calling him, you know, my inspector. So it's just, it makes a hundred percent sense to have the guys in place looking at it that can answer the question that should be answered. Well, that brings up an interesting, uh, segue then when you walk into a house and you're doing your inspection, your your own inspection. Mm-hmm. You don't have your inspector that you used previously, but you're you're taking on the responsibility. Tell us what do you look at? Like how how do we approach this? That's a perfect question too. Um, and I so I roll up to the house. I, I either park in the drive or you know park up front. And the first thing I do is I just I'm trying to captivate uh, and understand what's happening in the neighborhood. Right. So is it the world's crappiest street and an ugly ducking duckling, you know, along with it, or is it awesome street, you know, crappy house, or, or maybe it's a great house in a great neighborhood and just needs some, you know, paint and carpet or whatever. So pull up to the house, get, you know, you have a sense of the neighborhood. Um, and then, you know, and as you go to, you know, there are a lot of times where there's houses on, you know, blocks apart from other houses that I've, I own or have done for other clients. And so, you know, you start to get a feel for what the vibe is for that neighborhood and that area, uh, which is obviously a benefit. But, uh, you know, I, I typically will uh, pull out my phone. I'm an Evernote junkie. Um, I pull out my phone. I pull up a new uh, note in Evernote and I take a outside picture. And uh, that way, the first picture in the Evernote line uh, within my you know notes is that is that house. And uh, Evernote also will take and actually 
select an address based on where your location is. And it might be a couple numbers off sometimes, but at least, you know, if that way you, you can remember which house you looked at or whatever it is. So I walk the house, walk around the outside. I look at, I look at, you know, deciding how is it, you know, holding up if it's siding or, you know, does it need paint? What is it made out of? I look at the gutters. Uh, I look if there's wood rot and is there water coming down? Um, you know, if the gutters aren't, are in bad shape and it's been vacant for a while, you could have some foundation problems or, you know, hydrostatic pressure issues down the basement or crawl space, you know, look at the roof. And so I just walk the house. I take pictures on all sides. So I just remember, uh, and then I walk in the house, um, and then I do the same thing. So I walk from door to door, the, the, the normal, you know, kind of, and you, you walk in a house and you kind of let the, let the house show you your way. So if it walk interesting, if yeah, go ahead. I said, that's interesting how you go with the flow <laughs> of the house versus go through different rooms. Yeah. I, I like to, I like the house to kind of show me because that way from the beginning, I'm thinking about it, whatever that end buyer or renter or partner or client or whoever, I can really say, this is the feel for the house. Um, and so not only am I getting the feel side of it, but I'm getting the data side. And when you're you're doing the inside of the house, what are the things that you're looking for? So I do the same thing. So walk in and, you know, living room. One of the first things I want to know is what, you know, there might be carpet on the floor, but what is the, what is the underneath? So is it hardwood? Is it subfloor? What is it? And then, um, you know, what is the overall condition? Is it older? Does it have, you know, white trim? Does it have wood trim? Is there jacked up trim? You know, and then it, the next room might be the living room you know, living room to dining room or dining kitchen or whatever. So then I look at the cabinets and what is their condition and what would I do with them? Am I tearing them out? Am I painting them? Am I doing new, you know, fronts? What does the plumbing look like? Is it, you know, and then I'll take a picture like underneath the the kitchen sink. So is, are there shutoffs and was there evidence of water issues or something like that? I'll, you know, walk the house. I'll look for the, you know, if the hot water heater, how old is it? Take a picture of it. Um, what is that? HVAC look like, uh, how old is it? And then, you know, the, the panel, uh, the electrical panel and does it need to be updated? How many amps is it? Um, so a lot of the biggie, and then of course, if it's a foundation, you know, look at the foundation, are there walls, uh, that are have cracks and just kind of really getting visual cues from all the things, you know, it's, it's reasonably easy to estimate paint, and carpet and those kind of things. But it's the ones that you don't see that kill you, like, you know, a galvanized plumbing issue where there's a hundred different, you know, joints that have been soldered in and out or whatever, uh, with copper or PEX or, you know, PVC or whatever that is. So, Mm. so, um, and then obviously bathrooms too, bathrooms and kitchens, lots of dollars can be, you know, can go away pretty quick. So what's the subfloor? Is it, is in good shape? You know, am I going to do tile or vinyl or, you know, hardwoods and, you know, uh, in almost every bathroom, we, we tear out everything. We put new manifold in, we put, you know, all new plumbing just so that we know it's right. I'm not getting back into that wall. We create access panels just in case for any you know issues that might be, if, if that's, you know, something we can do and, uh, just try to front, you know, front load everything that it's going to be really nice. One, uh, we're going to maximize our ARV, the value of the house, we're going to rent it or sell it as fast as anything, you know, else on the market. And we have, you know, we get tenants quickly because of these, the way we rehab. And, um, you know, we just make sure that we've, we've really done not only the pretty stuff, but all of the nuts and bolts stuff too. 
Nathan, is there anything else that we haven't talked about as it relates to today's situation Saturday of buying a a property and making making some some mistakes on it that you want to mention? You know, I I think that the the thing about it is people will make mistakes and and there there are also you know deals where you're going to get into and you will have had the inspector and you'll have had all of the you know done all the things in place uh, that you should and the fact of the matter is there's just going to be some deals you don't catch everything because you can't see it or you know perfect example we just we just did a, a house. We got a great deal. Bought it. Uh, it's going to be a buy and hold. Plan to just put uh, new vinyl down or new tile down in the bathroom. We'll come to find out uh, the whole subfloor literally is just totally rotted through. And instead of having a half a day of you know cleaning it up and doing it, we ended up tearing the whole bathroom out um, because we just decided it's going to actually be faster to fix it. Uh, and just do it right. And we decided to go ahead and just tear out all the plumbing in the house because that was right there. And uh, we had an, a sizable enough cushion built in that within our numbers that we'd already built into that deal, we were well within our our uh, budget because we already had the floors and stuff open so we could actually access the plumbing easier and whatever. That So it actually saved us time and money on the plumbing side. And we went ahead and just you know put the bathroom back together so we knew it was right. Lots of issues as long as you've got that contingency fund, right? Built in built into your, your plan. Exactly. Must, must, must have a contingency plan. Well, Nathan, this has been a an informative conversation as always. Really grateful that you're on the show again and talking through what the what the sticky situation that you were in where you had this house and um, didn't get an inspection and the main takeaway is to have an inspection then also um, go get a door devil for any of these other homes because <laughs> <laughs> people won't be kicking down your door and, and stealing all the copper and and although I'm sure you um, got to make some new friends with the, the fire chief and, and all the firefighters so there's there's positives from that that's right, right. that's right absolutely <laughs> and, and then also talking about how you do the ins- the inspection process very, very valuable information for uh, best ever listeners who are buying single family homes. I think the the main takeaway there for me, I mean, you went through the details of how, how you did it. Um, and I won't go into that, but learn how you learn to do that is what everybody, in my opinion, should do. Uh, and that is you walk the deal with the inspector, asking them, you know, what are what are you looking at? Tell me why this is important um, versus showing you um, a report. I think that's, that's, uh, that's a big difference and that will have tremendous effect in the long run when you're educating yourself along the way. And of course, best ever listeners um, know this because you, know, you, you wouldn't be listening to a podcast if you weren't continually educating yourself. So um, this is another way to educate yourself and to start helping to scale your company because you're going to know more and more and be more valuable to the team and, and, and the buyers and sellers. So thanks again for being on the show, sharing uh, your story with the best ever listeners. And I hope you have a best ever weekend. Thanks, Joe. You too, man. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. 
He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016.